Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is the Point? We're excited. I'm excited because I'm here with Dom Federici. Is that right? I yeah, always am a little it. cautious. Okay. Federici. But I'm, I'm, on, I'm honestly not kidding. Every time I think of you, I think of Fettuccini, and it's, it's a joy. It is. So every time I think of you, it's a joy. I want you to know that. I cook some fettuccine every you time. Do? Yeah. Oh, every you, time someone says to. that, I make fettuccine for Good. dinner. So you're making it tonight. Yep. I love it. You just gave a message tonight on young adults wanting to do something big in their lives. And so I I want you to talk a little bit more about that. You talked about that there is something we need to focus on to Mm -hmm. get there. We can focus on the wrong things to get there and the right things. Can you explain that a little bit more in detail? Yeah. So again, that's a broad statement that I'm sure I hope applies to many people and many young adults is, hey, we want to be known for doing something big with our lives. We don't want to kind of miss out on what what's in store for us if we and I like how Jordan talked about it last week of everyone has potential but purpose is your responsibility and I think tonight was kind of building off that responsibility aspect but if we're ever going to be a group and a generation of people that really do accomplish something big then it takes a lot of obedience on our part to chase the things that God puts in front of us and not Mm -hmm. the things that the world will throw at us and I tried to make the distinction tonight there's not like opportunities themselves aren't bad, but a good opportunity versus a God opportunity. Now that's where you can, mm. like you can miss out on what God has for you by taking a good opportunity and not trusting that, hey, what he's put in front of me is what he wants me to do. Yeah, that's good. When you're looking at a good opportunity versus a God opportunity, how can you tell the difference? Um, so that, I actually talked about this today with my boss and a couple of coworkers is, it's almost like, what do you do between a good and a great thing? Um, and so if you want to put that in the phrase of a good and a God thing, it it helps to be rooted in Scripture to know, okay, does this line up with what he's done in the past? So is this opportunity in uh, in line with what I see in Scripture? That would be step one. Step two, what is God telling me in my prayer life? If he's not, if I don't feel at peace about a certain decision, then there's a pretty good chance that it's not from God. That doesn't mean that you can't be unsure of something. It just means if there's no peace, then you probably shouldn't do it. If you're married and and you're listening to this, and I'd say talking to your spouse is a big thing because often uh, what I hear from pastors and leaders is God will talk to their or through their spouse. And so that's another way to to make sure that an opportunity that you are weighing is from God or if it's just a good one. And then lastly, it's, and this is is not the, the first resort. This is the last thing. Are you passionate about it? Is the good thing, in the God thing, are you more passionate about one or the other? And yeah. hopefully it's the one that, that God has for you. I, I imagine he would put the passion inside of people right. for what they want to do. So if you go through that kind of, that system, and obviously every person can find their own, whatever groove you have of, of weighing options, that that's what you stick with. But I think if you do that and prioritize what, what God's done in the past, what he's doing now, and 
uh, what you see in, in the world and the scriptures in the word, I think that's going to be a good benchmark for you. Some of the best opportunities God gives us are the ones that are right in front of us. Yeah. And so when is a time that you face that good versus God opportunity and you had to make the decision of, okay, am I going to go with the good one or am I going to go with the God one? Yeah. And was the God one, if that's what you picked, it was that right in front of you or was it like, how did you yeah. navigate that? The easiest example for me is, uh, so I'm in my still in my first job. So going on my second year of being in, in the role that I'm in. And about a year in, a church had approached me and said, hey, would this role at our church interest you? And that was the first time ever that I've had to weigh an opportunity of, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's what came my way. What do I do now? And so that process was a lot of stress on me because I've never like gone through what I talked about tonight until that moment. And it began with me praying and thinking, okay, I have a passion to work in the church, so it lines up there. Um, that wasn't the first thing I, I thought of, but at the end of the day, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. it lines up that way. But it was, is God done using me where I'm currently at? And for me, the answer was always no. Like, in the environment I'm in, surrounded by the leaders that I'm surrounded by, I have way too much to learn and way too much more to give and way too much more to grow if I'm going to like give that up and go work in a church. And I think, for me— if I stay where I'm planted now, and we talked about it with David, like he had to stay in the fields first before he got to the giant. And if I'm not willing to stay in my field or that current role, even though it's not as enticing as the one that just came my way, if God's going to do more in me there, then that's something that I'm going to, I'm going to trust that. Okay. This is the best plan. It may not be the one that I want. And I think that's where a lot of young adults probably miss it is, oh, it's not what I want. It must not be from God then, or it must not be his will. And oftentimes you find that it, it most likely is his will. Uh, yeah. We get ahead of ourselves, and by doing that, we sometimes try to get ahead of God. And he's saying, no, th- this is the plan. I need you to stay where you're put right now. And that'll be when I'll, – I'll let you know when you're done. Yeah. And and for David, is he knew when he was done is when he heard what Goliath was saying. Right. Like, that was his opportunity, and that's what God brought to him. He didn't go out seeking it. It, it came to him. Mm-hmm. And so – Again, that's what I that's what I would I would say. Yeah, I, I love the, the the story of David and Goliath. I mean, it's a story we talk about all the time. But mm-hmm. you know, tonight, like looking at it in that lens of, of David stayed in the field to be grown, to be growing towards an opportunity rather yeah. than just going yep. towards the opportunity that he you know wanted or that he may have wanted. But mm-hmm. he chose. He was he was choosing to stay and chase something different. You know, yep. God's heart. And I think a lot of times, as as young adults, we we see those things and we want to go, but and we're not looking in the lens of like what opportunity is going to grow me best what opportunity is going to help grow me into becoming the person I want to be and I love that's what you said about you know your situation as you realize that Mm -hmm. you reflect on it you prayed about it and you almost had to humble yourself and take down the pride to say okay I really want the the you know the position of being lead pastor or church planner yeah. and mm-hmm. I want the title and all the things that come into that but is that going to grow me as much as staying exactly where I am yeah. and so I want to ask you what are the benefits of staying in your current opportunity and growing deep rather than jumping from opportunity to opportunity like mm-hmm. if we break that down on a practical level yeah the example I think and I think we've all been here we all eat food have you ever not finished a plate that you really like liked but you kind of just made a decision for your own stomach, like, eh, I'm probably not going to finish this. And then a little bit later, you're like, man, I really wish I had that food. Right. I kind of imagine like where God puts you as that, where if you leave too early, you're always going to be wondering, man, I wish I just stayed a little longer. I wish I, I took the most from that role or that season as I could have. And 
if you look through a lens like that, I'd much rather look back on life and say, thank God I stayed instead of what if I did? Hmm. What if I stayed one more year and allowed God to purge more of the pride or insecurity in me? And who knows, maybe, maybe you staying there allows God to do the work he needs to do so that in your next season, you're much better off. Like for me, by not taking certain roles or positions at churches, I honestly think it protected me because staying where I was at, I started to begin to see, oh, wow, insecurity is pretty bad in me. Or I have, I like to think I'm humble, but humility, fake humility is most likely insecurity. Like you can put a front on, but underneath it's like, I I I got to be humble so that people think I'm, you know. Very surface level or pride exists in me or uh, comparison, a big thing. So if if me staying in one, one season, me staying where God put me for this moment, leads to those those things leaving and him giving birth to the fruits of the spirit, that's always going to be worth it. Yeah. It's always going to be worth it. It's hard to see that in the moment. And that's why you can't really go based on your emotions all the time. That's when you got to come back and, and say, okay, what's God telling me? What's he telling the people around me for me? That kind of thing. So, yeah. And, and to go back to your food analogy, like if you don't take the time to eat the full plate, the full meal, you Doesn't can't digest justice. all yep. the nutrients that are in that yep. and you're only getting certain parts <clears throat> mm-hmm. and you're not getting the full benefit that meal can provide. Yeah. And so is there a time though, like when you are, let's say you're a young adult and you've been taking these opportunities that are right in front of you and, and you know, you're taking that next step and there are these other opportunities that come up or your opportunity is really, really, you know, what's right in front of you is becoming really, really tough. I'm just thinking, is there, is there a time that it's okay to leave? Your pot, uh, I know you use that analogy tonight, jumping from pot to pot. And, and by doing that, our, our roots, if we're the plant and we go mm-hmm. to a different pot, they can't grow deep and we yeah. can't get the most from that experience. Is there a time, though, that it's okay to, to leave? Yeah, I mean, like, in no way would I say that that analogy would relate to an unhealthy situation. Like, uh, I use the relationship topic a lot. In no way am I saying stay in, a, in an unhealthy relationship. You know, that's not, the, that's not the saying. That's not saying stay in a job where... Um, bad things happen. You know, you're treated poorly, or the boss just doesn't understand what he's doing. Um, and it's a it's an unhealthy culture. It's a toxic. Culture. In no way am I saying that's a reason to stay. I am saying if if you don't have a piece about where you're at, and none of those things are present, then there's probably something in your heart God's trying to do there to stay. So I'd say it varies by opinion or uh, by situation. Yeah. And I think each young adult has enough heart and enough knowledge of themselves to say okay is this situation one of those unhealthy ones where I can leave or is this something where maybe I need to take a step back let the pride die and see that this is where I need to be yeah no that's good and that's exactly what I was trying to get at um, because there can be situations that are unhealthy but that's Mm -hmm. not what you're saying if there's bad soil the plant can't grow period right so if you're in bad soil anyway then go back to go find where God is pointing you for the good soil. So someone who's wanting to to chase God, they're new to this faith thing. They're hearing us say, chase God, chase the opportunity that he's placing right in front of you. And that's all overwhelming to them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm just trying to figure out who, who God is and, yeah. and what all this is about. What are some like practical steps that you would encourage them to take? That's a great question. I'd say the first thing is evaluate where you're currently at. Because chasing God, as we saw in David's story, sometimes chasing God means staying put. Evaluate where you're at right now as a person, as a professional, as a, as a student, if, if that's what you are. See what's going on right now. What are some things that you're learning where you're at? Are you learning how to develop patience for other people? Are you learning how to 
how to serve in order to lead? Are you learning those kind of things? And then at some point, I think God naturally finds his way to you. I think the more you discover who Jesus is, you find that the way he chased God is the way that people in the Bible who chased him well, they chased mm-hmm. him. They didn't have any MO or, or secret way to, to take the glory for themselves. David just wanted to be close to God. Jesus just wanted to lead in a way that others follow. Like He did a, such a good job of that. And so for a young adult who's thinking maybe, maybe this is or isn't for me, evaluate where you're at now. See if there's something that you are, are, are currently learning and then wing it and say, if, what if I prayed once? What if I just, just did one see, prayer? Just see what, what happens. Yeah. What yeah. if I said on a limb? All right. So if, you, if you're non, a non-believer, you don't, you don't think this Jesus thing's worth it, then you have nothing to lose with saying one prayer, just winging it. <laughs> but you have everything to gain if you start to see some development, some fruit if you start it, yeah. to see some fruit from it. So that's where I'd say if you're on that fence, it couldn't hurt to at least try. Yeah. Right? Yep. Especially when you hear a story like David's, why not try? Why not go two feet in and say, okay, God, if, if this is really your if, thing and your yeah. method of me chasing you, then prove it to me. Yeah. And I guarantee he will. Yeah. And I think as you're starting that process, any of those things can be super overwhelming. It can be like, well, okay, I'm going to take a step of praying. I'm going to take a step of talking to someone who maybe is a little bit further along down this path. And that's just all super overwhelming to Mm -hmm. me. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to start a prayer. You know, I don't know how to talk to God. I don't know how to bring up that conversation. And I think exactly what you're saying is right is is one, just start really small. Take Um, one step. There can't be a wrong step if you're moving forward, whether that's prayer or talking to someone or trying these things that you want to grow in or you want to test. Like any of that, you're going to at least learn from it and be able to improve the next time. And God's not sitting up here like, hey, if you pray to me, you have to say these exact words or you mm-hmm. know anything like that. I, I want to ask you, when you give this message, you were talking about like this personally applies to you, like you're speaking to yourself. What specific situation were you talking about when, when yeah, you said that? Yeah, so... When I was a senior in college, I interned with a company, and, and they help plant new churches all across America. Like that's, they help train them, they help equip them, and then they help fund them. And for me, as, as a business major at the time, it was the first time I've seen like business and ministry kind of inter- intersect and overlap. So automatically, it was intriguing to, to get an internship with them. And then through that internship, started to see how churches functioned and how different models worked. And it it blew me away, like, wow, there's people that, man, they are just so set on people finding Jesus. And the easiest way to do that is, if you could start a church, just go do it. You know, there's communities all across America that don't have a healthy church. I wanna change that. And that's where God put the dream in my heart to do that. And so, as a senior, a 22-year-old in college, I get that dream, and it's almost like, okay, now what? And for me, it was very much like David being anointed king. Like he gives me this, this, you have this thing calling. on my heart, this passion yeah. and this calling. And then he's like, okay, the chase is on now. Tag, you're it. Like the series we're in, God tagged me. And he's all about to, he's about to see what are you going to do to chase me. And so in my head, my, my ideal role of, of being called to plant a church is I'm going to be in the church until I plant the church. And that's not always the case, as I'm seeing right now. Like, I'm with that company that I started off with as an intern, not in a church, not doing anything directly related to pastoral ministry, which is what I want to do one day. I'm doing marketing. Like, what? how am I going to start a church in a, as a lead pastor doing a marketing job? Like, that's, that's what you're that thinking. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. 
and time and time again in these past two years in that role, I'm seeing God was purging a lot out of me and basically breaking me down to a place where he can say, now I can build something on a foundation that I need. Because if if God sent me (laughs) two years ago to plant a church, it would have failed, 100%. And now I'm starting to see, okay, he's developing and purging things in me now so that, okay, when my opportunity does come to plant a church, I'm way more prepared and way more set up for success than if I had chased every living thing that came my way. Mm. And so as I was writing this message, I was kind of saying, man, I saw this in my own life, so it definitely makes sense. How can I get other young adults to see the value in it? Because I know none of us want to get to a point where we're like unprepared for what we've been waiting for. And when you do get ahead of God and you fail to chase him and chase the next big thing, I think that's more often not where you're going to find yourself is in the right position with the wrong equipping. Right. Yeah, you don't have the you don't have the right tools because yep. you forced yourself into the wrong situation and God said, Hey, your tool was for this situation. Yep. And the pastor I mean, I've heard people say the right thing at the wrong t- or yeah, the right thing at the wrong time is, is the wrong a bad thing. thing. Yeah. You don't want that. And so how can I make the most of each step that I take yep. so that, hey, the right thing's here, I'm ready to go. And we see that with David. The right opportunity came. He just needed a sling. And he's ready to go. He was ready. Yeah, he was prepared. Had he for wasted it. his shepherding season, who knows what what would happen? You know. Yeah, and and I think it really does come down to perspective on how you're looking at your you know situation because mm-hmm. you see it one way and God has a bigger plan. He's seeing it a completely different way, and for us to be able to take a season or a situation or a day that we're in and see that as a growing opportunity and asking, how am I growing from this? Rather than how can I get out of this as soon as possible? Because I guarantee you, God will teach you something in that opportunity. And he's trying to speak to you, but you've got to take the time to listen and to reflect. I I think we get into this like, okay, well, I'm going to ask God and I'm just going to talk to God and I'm going to pray to God and I'm going to write to God, but we don't take any time to listen. And if we can take time to pause and listen, we can see from his perspective what he's teaching us in that current mm-hmm. situation yeah. and how he's growing us. And and I love that because I've experienced that even in, in, in my life of where I'm going through these seasons and I'm just like, how, how soon can I get out of this? Yeah. Because I don't see where this is going. Mm-hmm. This isn't following my plans. This isn't taking me where I want to go. And, and just being able to take the time to say, okay, God, you're growing me here. I know you are. Like we live in... 2020 America, like you live in a culture that would see no problem with you like up and leaving, uprooting and going into something else. Like they'd almost encourage you to do that. Yeah, they're like parents, for example, hey, take the next thing that pays you more. Yeah. Right. And that's what's so oxymoronic about chasing God is sometimes chasing him means staying. Again, depends on your situation. I'm not saying everything is healthy enough to stay. Right. Um, But I am saying that Look at the world we live in. Like people are gonna think it's weird when you're choosing to stay rooted and let those roots grow deep instead of, hey, I'm gonna chase this title or this relationship or that role or that city because it's shinier. Jeremy Johnson says it, like not everything that's covered in gold is is worth biting into. <laughs> A piece of poop could be covered in gold. Right. You wouldn't want that. Nope. Um, and so not every shiny thing is worth chasing. Sometimes, unfortunately, we people would say the unpopular thing is to stay and chase God. And sometimes you got to do that. 
So for young adults who are in that transitional period where they're like, okay, there's this opportunity that I feel like is a God opportunity right in front of me, and then there's this good opportunity that everyone else is saying I should take. How do they navigate those conversations with people? How can we approach that with grace and confidence? Mm -hmm. I'd always invite other people in on it. So like, very rarely should you make a decision based on only your thoughts and opinions. Invite someone else's perspective into it. Because what you see as, I think this is the thing to go after. Someone can be like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not you at all. Sometimes we can be blinded by ourselves sometimes, and it does help to have someone, if not more than one person, say, yeah, no, that's not it. And again, you could come back to a place where this life was never meant to be done alone. So why on earth would you make every decision alone? You wouldn't do that. Mm. So get people around you that you trust, that know you, um, in the real, they know the real you and can say, yeah, this thing is yours. Go for it. Or I got some red like flags. You. Yeah. Even if you got some yellow flags, like that's worth at least reconsidering. Right. Um, and so that's, that's the best thing to do. That's what works for, for me is that any decision I make, I invite people like Jordan and on it and say, Hey, what do you think about this for me? I talked to my girlfriend. I talked to my family. What, what, like guys, what are your thoughts on this? And almost every time they'll kind of point out the things I don't see and that'll change my mind. And that's always like, okay, there were three red flags that I didn't see before. That's a no for me. Yeah. What I thought was good was actually just poop covered in gold. And I'd much rather stay rooted here. And really, sometimes you just need to get that out. You just need to process that. You just need to verbally yep. tell other people. And you need a little bit of time. That's the thing. And chasing just... God is a process. Staying rooted is a pro- It's a daily decision. Uh, because at any one point, you can up and leave. And so pick up your cross every day. Humble yourself enough to say... I probably, I, need this. I probably need to stay here. <laughs> yeah, um, And that's, that's what resonated with me so much about this message was as I'm reading it I'm, and writing it, I'm like, man, there's so many times where I wanted to get up and, and go. And God had to break down so many walls to say, dude, just stay. Like, just chill. Stop trying to get ahead of me. I gave you the promise. I gave you the plan. Let me do my thing. You do yours. What I've learned in in my lifetime as a Christian is I can't always base my relationship with God off feelings. And so there's times where I feel, man, I just don't feel like I'm close to God. And he's probably the closest he's ever been. Like he's probably taught me more in that season than when I'm, oh man, I just feel so, I feel the goosebumps every worship season. Like it doesn't happen like that. I can't judge God based on feelings. And so being familiar with him is the, the best discipline to do. And that happens by digging in the word. Not as a checklist, but saying, okay, how did God do things back then? How's he doing them now? Okay, boom, I learned that. Now I know I don't have to base this on feelings because there's times in the Bible where people were in prison. I'm sure they didn't feel close to God there, but they knew who he was. I know who God is. I know he's with me here. Um, So that's one way. And another thing for, I guess it kind of goes on the same tangent of of staying in the Word, staying in prayer. In order to hear God's voice, you got to be familiar with his voice. And so it's tough to discern what's a God thing and what's a good thing if you don't know what a God thing is. Um, and that starts by getting familiar with his voice and, and what he does and his ways, getting familiar with that. doesn't mean God can't do and won't do new things, but if you understand the ways in which he works, it's easier to kind of take off the, the selfish lens and the worldly lens sometimes and say, okay, I'm going to look at this from a God perspective. What is What would he... Uh, like, what's he trying to teach me here? What's he trying right. to teach me now? 
it's like even me and you as as friends like i've got to know you dom to know what you would do in a situation Mm -hmm. if i'm not spending any time getting to know you if i'm not making a choice to want to pursue you or want to get to know you i'll never learn who you really are and Mm -hmm. these things that that you do in your life and the the things that you would suggest for me to do in mine and i think that's the same thing with people who are following god and what i'm hearing is that following god whether you're making that decision, whether you haven't made that decision, whether you've already made that decision is a choice. Mm-hmm. And staying with God, being mm-hmm. consistent with God is a choice. Yep. It's not that you're going to wake up every morning feeling, oh man, I feel like I need to really put God first. And I feel like I need to spend about 15 minutes just he- hearing him or, or yeah. you know, praying or whatever that is, you know, in your car, listening to worship music. I'm not saying it has to look a certain way, but you're choosing to do that. And, and through choosing to do that, you get to spend more time with him and in return you will have a feeling of being closer to god Mm -hmm. rather than trying to have the feeling of being close to god drive the motivation or the discipline of actually being with god what's one thing that you would want to leave young adults with or what's one next step they can take this week um i like speaking to both the person who's a christian and the person who's like this really isn't for me yet um to the person who's a christian if you find at all in your life that maybe you haven't been chasing God all the time, we're not perfect, but I like messages like tonight because they're always a wake-up call as to, okay, what am I really chasing in life? Sometimes we can get blinded by success with a few things and let that, we kind of let that deter us away from the thing God's called us to because, oh, two good things happened, I'm going to keep going down this trail. Come back to where to where God's called you to be. And so the person who says, I'm tuning this whole God thing out, you have nothing to lose by just trying it, you know. Give God one day. Give God one prayer. Give God one conversation with someone you can trust in and, and see what happens. See what blossoms from that. Again, you have nothing to lose, but there's a ton to gain. Well, thank you for that. I know that I have been touched by your message and just seeing you be faithful and where God's put you and how he's using you right now where you're at is just amazing. And it's an encouragement to me and other young adults who are listening in. So thank you for your involvement and your leadership in this ministry. Appreciate you, Dom. Yeah, this was awesome. Great Great convo.